The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Nine minutes after eight. Thanks so much for staying with us on AM Live. And it's time now for the Forum at Eight. And uh, journalists frequently put their lives on the line when covering community protests and other stories. And we sit here and we play what they have put together for us. Uh, they inform us about what's happening on the ground. And uh, usually they do go out into uh, these hotspot areas at great uh, cost to themselves and at great risk. And very often we don't even give a second thought uh, to that. And, um, and let alone, you know, putting their lives at risk because that's literally what happens when they go to areas where there are wars at times, where there are violent uprisings. And recently, South Africa has been engulfed uh, by service delivery protests, which were violent. And last week in Vuan in Limpopo, SABC cameraman was hit in the head with a bottle. Uh, the windows of his cars were smashed. In another incident, stone-throwing protesters also damaged two SABC vehicles. In Kalini in the northwest province, community members attacked uh, one of our SABC reporters. In Eldorado Park in um, the south of Johannesburg, a star reporter was hit on the upper body by a rock and journalists were forced to take refuge at a resident's home uh, several times. Now, the DA has condemned these acts and its spokesperson on communications, Pumzile Van Dam, says that the media has a pivotal role to play in covering what is happening and has urged protesters not to direct their frustrations uh, with government against journalists. So this morning on the Forum at 8, we thought we'd take at a look at the story behind the story with our journalists to find out exactly what it is that they go through and uh, just how difficult it does become at times to do your job. And uh, joining us uh, this morning, we have uh, Lucas Motibedi. And um, uh, Lucas has covered areas such as Marikana and um, also that situation with AMCU and you we all know how that developed and of course last week uh, keeping us up to speed with what was happening in Colini and uh, we welcome now uh, Lucas Motivedi onto the show. Lucas, good morning. Good morning to you, Sakina, and thank you so much for having me. We know you're busy, but thanks so much for making the time. And uh, also joining us on the line at this time is Witness Tiba, who um, many of you know uh, was doing a sterling job in Vuani, and uh, we know how those protests panned out over a long period of time, amongst others. And uh, for a long time, Witness was the man on the beat there. Witness, good morning, and thanks for speaking to us. Morning, Sakina, and to all listeners. And of course, we'll be joined by other SABC reporters. Horisane Setoli was covering um, uh, the south of Johannesburg last week. Uh, we're going to find out exactly what our reporters go through in trying to bring us the story. And uh, more often than not, they do succeed. And uh, when we spoke to Witness Diva the last time, I remember about uh, Vuani. One of the things that Witness said to us was that he was no longer welcome, that um, the community had actually made it clear, some um, elements in the community, that they no longer wanted him covering the story. And uh, that also just goes to show how difficult it becomes some time uh, to do your job as a journalist and um, it's so important also therefore that when people speak and they talk about uh, journalists and the work that they do in bringing us the story and the story behind the story um, that they are not vilified for doing their jobs and uh, we hope that our leaders will think a little more about this uh, before they make statements that may be interpreted as giving the okay to turn against journalists. 
while we have witness. Witness, uh, let's start by um, picking it up when um, I spoke to you last and you said to me that with regard to Wuhani, um, you were no longer welcome there. Talk to us about what happened. Sakina, what basically happened in Wuhani or the background to the Wuhani issue is that um, residents of Lim 345, mainly the Wuhani area, are divided over the issue of them some of them wanting to remain in the in their previous municipalities, while others are saying that they are happy under Lim 345. So what basically happened is that um, as and when one is covering the stories, you need to get the views of everybody who is involved there. So I spoke, I've spoken to the other people who are saying that they want to remain in Lim 345, and that did not go well with with the other people who are saying that they want to go back to their previous municipalities. So they end up saying that uh, I'm no longer welcomed in the area. That's why we, okay. as an office, we have to, to, have to take a, de- a decision to say that, or finding ways of covering the protests of one. But what they basically said, or what some community members, uh, mainly community leaders there, what they said is that uh, I'm no longer welcomed in the area because I'm also including the views of other people who are not sub- supporting the withdrawal of some parts of Bowani uh, from the Limitra for Five Municipality. So how was that message relayed to you that you were no longer welcome? No, that one becomes a problem and uh, because, you know, as journalists, we want to own our stories. When you want to you start a story, you must make sure that you cover it to its end. So if uh, individuals uh, who at times do not have an understanding of our role as the as reporters or as the media, you start to have a problem because you're telling, saying you want to see the end of this story, you know all the issues in the area, and it becomes easy for one to continue with a particular story because you'll be knowing who your contacts are and the dynamics around that particular story. Personally, that decision did not sit well with me because you, I was kind of like taken back how uh, as South Africans we attained this uh, freedom the democracy, and uh, those who died like your Nelson Mandela's, Walter Sisulu's, fought for this uh, freedom, and it included the freedom for the media, the freedom of movement. So you start to have a problem when people are saying that, uh, that you are no longer welcome to a particular area. A particular area is a no-go area for others, so it becomes a problem. And of course, then, um, you know, there are always uh, time pressures that journalists have to contend with. And um, you may see a lot more, you may experience a lot more than you are actually able to convey um, in a package or uh, through a piece that you are writing. What are some of the more memorable things that you could not uh, put in a package? Some of the things that happened to you, be they humorous, you know, be they serious. What are some of those? Yeah, let me indicate that uh, covering protests is never easy, Sakina. Sometimes when you go there, you go to an area not knowing who the protesters are, and you don't want to be mistaken for being a police officer, so you, you need to trade very carefully around that. And at some point, people will agree to allow you in. Then when you are in a particular area, they change their minds, so you must, you must, you must find a way out from that particular uh, situation. And in some instances, so... Our uh, basic principles is that as um, journalists, we don't want to be newsmakers ourselves. Ours is to talk to the newsmakers and write stories from there. So some of these things we tend to 
ignore them. Like personal attacks, when you go to an area, will be called names. Even told to leave that particular area so you negotiate with them. Or some of these things, you just love them off for the sake of peace or because you know what you want. Because when you go out on a story, you always have uh, your viewers uh, or audience at heart. You always try to quickly take a picture of what's happening there. So sometimes it becomes difficult to... Um, condense everything in one package. What you need to do is to do the most uh, basic things, the important things that uh, the public needs to know. And these other ones, if, uh, if I try it and then you report them to relevant authorities, people who are trained and know how to deal with uh, some of these issues. Let's bring in Lucas Motibedi. And um, again, um, you know, you guys do such sterling work. We sit in a studio and uh, get to report from this uh, comfort zone. But you guys are out there and, you know, missiles flying, all sorts of things happening. And you are right in the eye of the storm. And Colini, I can only imagine, wasn't an easy one to cover, Lucas. Thank you again, Sakina, for the generous project. Um Colonia has been very difficult. Remember, it resembled a war zone. Um, as a journalist, when you go there, you'll find a lot of people coming with different opinions. I'm talking about your white community members and your ordinary black community members, where, in fact, at some stages, they did not even want to solicit a comment from the white community members. I remember at one stage when we tried to do a court story, where... Somehow, the black community that were protesting outside, when you tried to speak to some of the community, I mean, the family of the, one of the accused, they prevented us, literally, physically, so to say you cannot speak to the so-called murderers. And it, it, it appears that these racial connotations have come into play, and it has stopped us from doing our job. I mean, for instance, um, after that, immediately after that court ruling, we went to one of the farmhouses that was banned. When we got there as, as a contingency of journalists, we were confronted by these bulky white men who some of our journalists, as you know now, uh, were assaulted. Some of us were pelted with stones and, in fact, we were even threatened to be shot. Um, some of the photos that were taken by uh, some photojournalists were supposed to be deleted. And some of us, unfortunately, they did not even understand the operation of Marang, one of the uh, white folk took my morality and wanted to delete all the recordings. So it was very, very difficult to to do this. And, and, and it is very difficult when you go to that place where it is racially divided to do a, an objective story, especially when everyone wants to put their views on, on, on the story. I'll make, a new, I'll make you another example. Just um, last Friday, where we were in Colin with the Northwest Premier, um, we understand that there were two different meetings. In fact, we are made to believe that the Premier will be addressing both black and white um, in one roof. But because of the tension that was there, um, the Premier had to do different meetings, both black and white. And we were, we, we were prohibited to enter that uh, uh, white meeting or a Premier's uh, meeting with the white communities. Some of us, in fact, even the police... Prohibited by whom? We are prohibited by those uh, uh, white folks. In fact, one of the generals, a black general uh, of the police, manhandled some of the uh, journalists, and he told us. In fact, I recorded that 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 that, that fracas, um, that 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 standoff uh, between journalists and the police, together with that white folks, who were insisting that we are not welcome in that meeting. 
So it was really confusing to say why. In fact, we were told. <laughs> I was with one of our camera, Zolani uh, Alexander, camera person, operator. They forced us to go out. In fact, they even threatened to take the camera. And it was very confusing to say, why are we here? We're talking about a reconciliation mm. program that is being introduced by a provincial government. If we were to cover both stories, then that would mean it's an objective story. But if we were to then go to a black community and say Premier was here and only say that he was with white people where we're not even welcomed, it's, it's very confusing. I, I'll go back and, 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 and talk about Marikana, where I've covered these different stories there for quite some time over the years. Um, as it stands now, it is very, very difficult as an SADC journalist. I don't know about the other journalists where I've seen my colleagues being welcomed, but immediately when they see a shield, a mic shield written SADC, they become very hostile towards you. I was covering the current uh, lead of Maritana, who's incarcerated uh, for murder, Napoleon Webster, where when they saw the mic for SADC, they attacked me. They said, you know what, you guys, um, your stories are sweet or your perceptions are sweet, and we understand that you have your what we call handlers, and your stories are not objective because of how that is influencing you in the ruling part. So it's very, very difficult. As I, 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 I speak to you, there's this thing called AMCU Media that they've introduced. When you go to Marikana, you find a certain journalist standing there, and it's allowed to record, and you are told that no, You'll get the stories from this certain individual uh, from our website. You're not allowed as SABC journalists. But you find um, our sister brother or our competitors being allowed there to record because they believe that they are objective. So it, it's very, very difficult. And you know, as Marigan is it's always volatile, they don't, they don't just say politely, hey, man, get out of this place. You're not, no, no, no. They, they manhandle you. They will tell you all other stories that even setting you to tell you, you know, they'll remind you about Marigana massacre, all other things that happened before, and somehow they blame, as you know by now, they blame government, and they believe that we somehow sway towards the government. It's a tough job, as uh, you may well imagine, and we're speaking to our SABC journalists, our reporters out on the beat, the ones who have to duck the tear gas and the stones and the firearms and all of those things uh, while we sit here and we bring you, you know, what they had to crawl around and do whatever, whoever knows what, uh, to get the story. And it's very difficult. It's not easy. Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM. Well, thanks for being with us this morning. And uh, today we're taking a look at the story behind the story with our journalists on the beat, uh, the ones who uh, go through the danger. Ahe says, uh, Sakina, Lucas must uh, get a war zone allowance from the SABC. Marikana, Colini, he must just leave the Northwest. It's too bad out there. Tommy says, if journalists can't do their job freely and objectively, then uh, we will have an extremely serious problem all of us um, in caps and uh, many others also coming through but uh, the uh, issue that uh, the two of you touched on uh, that uh, some of the listeners are also raising um, uh, Khaupale says journalists are not covering the whole scene of the country, they are biased on issues and Lomo says ask yourself why journalists are being attacked by black people and never 
by white people, which I can tell you for free is not true. But that being said, let me welcome Horisane Sitole into the studio. Uh, thanks for coming through. And of course, um, to you as well, our appreciation for the great job you did uh, and always do in covering, um, you know, some really serious and very difficult stories. But I must tell you, in speaking to Horisane last week, because see, I like things. So I was talking to him about what was going on. And um, some of the stories that he told me were really hilarious. Like, for example, the fact that when he goes out on a story, especially where there's violent protests, he takes condoms with him. <laughs> Indeed, Sakina. <laughs> it's uh, actually condom saves lives, you know, uh, in many ways. Uh, actually, uh, while covering the Fismas Fall protest last year, we learned that actually students were using condoms. And I asked them what really happened. So I found one uh, master student from VETS. Uh, he told me that actually uh, the condoms, uh, uh, the lubricant in the condoms, uh, freezes the molecules that comes out of it, I guess. Then it rolls it into a ball, into small balls, which you're not going to see, but uh, micro, it's a micro balls, then the tear gas doesn't work. So I decided, you know what, let me try this because I'm uh, every now and then, you know, I may find myself at the protest. Mm. So last week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, we were in fine town. Actually, the police were trying their best to keep the crowds away from the Golden Highway. And they started firing rubber bullets because the crowd they couldn't listen. And there was this woman who was shot. And we had to, you know, I saw her because immediately after they shot at her, then they fired the, a number of uh, canisters, tear gas canisters. Then uh, actually she was trapped. So I took out uh, my uh, condoms in the, in the, in the, in the pocket <laughs> and uh, rubbed them on my eyes and rushed there to get the woman. And actually, she was uh, she was all teary and uh, coughing and all that. Was tear gas is very very painful, and I I I started rubbing her eyes and I said, "Oh, can you please open?" Because she didn't see what was happening. She was confused. Can you please open your eyes? And she did. Then I rubbed them, and then she started. She could see. Then we could all see. And then I walked her to to safety. But you know what? Uh, in in such situations when you're trapped, what really happens is that. Uh, you, you don't, I don't have to know you, Sakina, that this is Sakina. You cannot leave a person behind. You, 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 you have to go there and, and help them. Like even uh, on Monday, it was very hectic in Eldorado Park. There was this old man, when they started uh, firing rubber bullets, um, it was hectic. Because when we started, we were on the police side, and then uh, it started getting hectic. The man called us into his house. And he housed us there. So I was filing some of the stories from the house. And while we, he was checking outside, goes outside, it's dangerous. I said, you cannot go out. And then it comes back and then it goes back. But it's, it's, it's very dangerous. It certainly is. And of course, um, uh, we appreciate uh, the work that you guys do. And very often, you know, we don't say, we, we don't express our appreciation. Uh, but we thought it would be good to bring you guys in, uh, given the conditions under which you have to operate, just to say thank you for giving us a breast of the developments and bringing the story to us as it happens uh, through all the danger and everything else associated with it. Yes. Uh, you know what? Uh, sometimes you, we, we may many heads. I mean, we wear many hats when we're out there. Uh, you know, you've got people who'll call you and ask you for questions that you don't know. Some, they want you to be a social worker at times. Sometimes they want you to be a lawyer. Uh, what we never reflected, which of I've posted on my Facebook page as well, is that on Instagram as well. Uh, I've been taking pictures of people who were hurt and we had to stop. Uh, one colleague of mine had the first aid kit. I know I always carry uh, uh, antibiotics wherever I go because I've learned from uh, people that sometimes, you know, anything can happen. So when these people were getting shot, Actually, we'll 
take them somewhere before the ambulance arrive or uh, paramedics come we'll treat them uh, make sure that we disinfect the wounds and then uh, we apply some bandages and all that sometimes we find that we don't even have a pair of scissors because I mean it was not planned I remember when I left the office on Monday we heard about the Eldorado Park uh, protest which of we took it lightly I I got there and I realized that actually it was very hectic so at times you you have you have certain parts of the tools that you need to perform a certain job but you don't have anything so we have to forget about that we're reporting now and look at the fellow human beings as they are some don't even know they were just passing by some knew or they got it in the crossfire mm. so a khaki a khaki becomes a knife at that time because at least you've got some bit of teeth then you use it to cut a bandage so those are some of the things that uh, we find ourselves doing other than uh, uh, just writing news as we we people uh, look at us you remember last year i was i was attacked uh, covering yeah, a protest yeah. in Pretoria. Uh, what really happened was these Nyapwe boys came in and they wanted my phone. Because I held on to my phone and I couldn't let go, uh, one ended up biting my hand. So those are some of the things you have to come across. Yeah. Uh, as uh, some of our listeners are saying, danger pay is what you should be getting because, damn, it's a war zone out there. And, uh, yeah, we'll continue this conversation speaking to our report, our reporters here at the SABC, looking at the stories they've covered and getting to the story behind the story. Okay, uh, questions about those condoms. <laughs> And of course, we'll come back to that. Um, Lucas uh, Motibedi, uh, Witness Diva, and also Horisani Sitole with us at the moment. Some of you asking, where's Session? Where's this one? Where's that one? Uh, they're all around. But of course, uh, these are journals on the beat. So some of them may be working. Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and joining us for our discussion with our SABC journalists and uh, looking at the story behind the story, what it is that our journalists actually have to go through in order to bring the stories that we broadcast here every day. Uh, so just uh, running through some of the messages before I open the lines and the number is 891 um, says, journals have a tough job. Uh, recently I was roughed up by a farmer with police and um, wa- uh, the police were watching and intervened reluctantly um then uh, tammy says uh, this is extremely disturbing witness uh, doing his job and people want him to take sides and then uh, this one from sajini Denze on the sms line says i strongly condemn attacks on journalists journalists are there to collect information and to give it to the people this is just barbarism and then um, muli malong says journalists are doing a sterling job out there i support them 110 percent Keep it up, guys. Uh, Joanna says, moving stories by your journalist. Uh, please ask them how they deal with traumatic events on the job. Example, fires. Yeah. And people getting shot and killed and maimed. And, and, and sometimes you have to go and look at all of these scenes. Um, uh, Mosiah says, where are the women journalists to also uh, go into these danger areas? They are there. Uh, but let me just apologize. We can't bring everybody because, as I said, these are the journalists who go out to get the stories. They are out on the beat. And um, unfortunately, some of them are working. So we got the ones who were available, who tried to make time for us this morning. Um, and as we understand, they will also be leaving us uh, some uh, shortly. Sabelo says, it's tough for journalists. Our leaders need to lead uh, the, uh, uh, the media and uh, by being friendly to the media, by example of transparency. Tloni says, 
cloudy is the reason people perceive the SABC as a government spy agency and um, therefore make it difficult for SABC journalists. And um, uh, Clement Rave's uh, contribution is that finally the people who actually do the work on the forum at 8 this morning um, credit where it is due to you guys. So some of the comments coming through. Let's just look at uh, the question that Joanna asks and um, uh, Horisane touched on, you know, people getting injured and how you at times, you know, have to put down the camera, have to put down the mic uh, to try and save a life, to try and get someone out of harm's way. But let me come back to you, witness, and I'll hear from each of you. How do you deal with sometimes horrific um, things that you have to witness? How do you deal with that? Yes, Sakina. Sometimes it's uh, very difficult to deal with instances where you find uh, you see people who are injured, property being distracted in front of you, and uh, people fighting like the, the police and the protesters uh, embarking on running battles. It becomes very difficult to contain that. At the end of the day, when after knocking off, you become yourself, and then you try to rethink what has been happening during the day. I remember I was covering the Relela violence there where six community members, the young boys, were shot and killed uh, allegedly by the police when a group of protesters were attacking, attacking a police station there. We were there, and uh, we had to also run for cover as the uh, police officers were still firing, firing, firing uh, live ammunition there. Fortunately, we survived that particular uh, incident. And one other thing that I, I think my colleagues will agree with me is that uh, the police members, some members of the public, or actually majority of the members of the public or the police, are doing their best to ensure that the journalists um, are safe, journalists are protected whenever they are protest. In this uh, particular one, we're taken in a police armored vehicle, or what the, we commonly call them police nyalas, for them to evacuate us from a particular area. So you find those police officers who are having us in their minds because we most of the time we cover these events from uh, behind their backs just for us to, to, to be safe. And in the University of Venda recently I was covering the protest action there. This uh, police officer had to take off his helmet and give it to me to ensure that I quickly evacuate that space. And you, is that kind of... Um, uh, uh, attitude or approach by some of the police officers that we appreciate. And uh, sometimes, as you know, just to answer your question, it becomes very difficult. I know that our employer is having um, uh, ways of assisting people when they have experienced such a, such a thing. But before you get to that point where you think you're being given professional assistance, you're counseling and other uh, uh, things there. You 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 first experience that particular thing before you get assistance. So it, it becomes difficult. But once again, as I've indicated, we not doing this for ourselves. We're not doing this for families. We're doing it for our end users, our, um, our our viewers, and also our listeners. So that's why sometimes we have to uh, sacrifice and compromise and make sure that we come up with a tangible product at the end of the day. And on your side, Lucas. Um, well, I'll remind you about the story in Christiana um, and at the Lekwatemon local municipality where there was a community, a violent community protest. In fact, <clears throat> the protesters were going towards a white farmer um, at his residential area. Out of the blue, you know, life ammunition, the shots were fired, and just this little boy, he was just about, I think he was nine, ten years, 
He was standing there next to me. The next moment, he was gone. And I could not believe my eyes because a a toddler, <clears throat> maybe a, a, a young teenager, uh, just died right in front of my eyes. He was just next to me. The bullets uh, could have possibly went to me. And I will never, never, never forget that, that traumatic thing. But there's this other one where I attended at the Platinum Belt in, in Rustenburg where a set of twins were uh, were killed by a mob of residents who were accusing them of killing or rather a speed of uh, killings in the area. Um, it was very traumatic because journalists were not allowed to attend, but fortunately I decided to leave my recording, <coughs> excuse me, my recording equipment car and I went there. In fact, it, took, it, it was very traumatic because very painful. Um, it took them about 30 minutes or an hour before they killed them. Uh, they they shambled them. Uh, they had tires on their neck, uh, petrol on. It was, it was every time when I come from work and I think about anything, I always think about those boys because they were very young. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think one of them were, I think both of them were around 14, 15. And that, in fact, uh, that, that 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 scene was 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 recorded through a cell phone uh, uh, recordings, and it was it was it was it was published on on on, on uh, Facebook. Every time when I think about that, it, it becomes um, a very traumatic scene to me. But I think and I believe that my strong um, faith always helps me because I pray, I pray, Sakina. Because some of these things that we see, I'll make you one example. During Easter weekend. Uh, we were interviewing the NEC for public safety just on the road near Roycrond about um, their operation. That's when we were busy interviewing him. A big, big crash, uh, about uh, five meters from where we were. And we had to leave the interview with him because he was talking about the safety, everything is fine. But uh, <laughs> people died. And we rushed to, to, to that incident we found some of them still alive, but as you were there trying to record, you, you see people, you know, lights going off right in front of your eyes. I don't know, Sakina, but it's very difficult. I think, and I believe that maybe prayer in this instance will assist us going forward. But some of these things that we face each and every day, um, they are very traumatic. Is I'll prayer never enough, what I though, told. because... I think this is what Joanna is asking. Is is it enough yeah. to just go home and pray and hope that, you know, you will forget those scenes and, and you'll be able to, you know, move along normally after that? It is not. Um, really, it is not. But I guess it is what makes us, you know, be journalists. Um, you know, I don't think I would be, I'll still be here if I would just go to the office or just go to the store and not remember anything that is traumatic. All these things that we see, those are the things that makes us go and do stories. Um, I mean, for instance, last week in 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 in, um, in Colini, um, this smaller uh, lady from this newspaper was slapped just next to me, and you, you know it it, 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 it raised the question as to when do you stop being a journalist and become a human being? I did not even know what to do at that time. Do I still roll the camera, or do I help this lady physically? Do I fight this man? And, and it, 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 it comes to a point where it's difficult to distinguish 
when to stop being a journalist and when to become you? And mm. those are the questions that, you know, always comes into your mind every time when you wake up to go to work. All these things, all these traumatic things, they make us who we are today, I believe. And they make us to go and do stories and, and, and make sure that um, we tell the stories as they are. Okay. We'll come back to you, Horisane. I uh, just want to take some calls. They're lining up. 891 Mike in Middleburg, good morning. Morning, Sakina and your guest, and thanks for taking my call. No, we, we really listen, Sakina, and uh, really uh, acknowledging uh, the violence um, the carriers of information can be subjected to. And, of course, the question becomes, what is it that must be done, you know, to address this situation? I know people can have many suggestions, but uh, I feel that the media itself can contribute. uh, Perhaps uh, a condemnation, you know, uh, against the violent service delivery protestation by the media or from the media does not go far enough, you know despite the fact that the media itself can be on the receiving end. And uh, one does understand, of course, that uh, the focus is largely on uh, what the protestation is all about. But I believe that uh, if some space can be utilized to condemn violence in the strongest possible terms, it might go a long way. Uh, With the exception of Prince Marshall, I haven't seen an article condemning during violent protest. So perhaps the media should come into that space also. Sakina. Thank you, Mike. Um, Zwana in East London, good morning. Uh, good morning, how are you? Well, and you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, briefly, uh, this is a very interesting topic, but uh, I just have a comment and a question. Comment. Um, I think, I don't know, Sakina, about uh, the studies on journalism, the new studies on it, but I, I think oh, it should somewhere include some, besides content development, some protection of the content developers, which are our journalists, uh, especially if you're a journalist in Africa. I mean, we know of many stories, journalists have been detained for months and for a long time with no sincere and strong intervention. Some protective gear, including life vest, uh, helmet, and many other things, if they are going to be undergoing what we are seeing currently in South Africa and other countries around. Uh, always been, there was a question asked to our president last week, I think it was uh, during the World Economic Forum, that what is his views on this service delivery protest? People are throwing stones at cars and back. Our president acknowledged the level of democracy. He said that's pure democracy. So I think we need to enforce a level of condemnation strongly by our leaders to such. Then lastly, which uh, is the question, Sakina, you said stories behind the story. Service delivery protests are really a way in which uh, as a result of a failed negotiation, failed unmet expectation, this and that. So people do not just wake up and protest. There is a failed negotiation somewhere. I, I, my, my question is, why are we not therefore putting enough weight into those discussions that are leading to people protesting and not, like the one? Why are we not highlighting 
some of these stories behind these stories rather than putting too much attention this is my uninformed view too much attention into the protest which results into killing and so on thank you very much for your time thank you so much um, Zwana in East London let's hear from Tepang in Mahikeng good morning good morning Sakina and thank you very much for taking my call hello we listening Yes, I want to uh, just enter this discussion, uh, Sakina, as a former SABC reporter, and I want to align myself with what Lucas is now what was saying earlier on uh, the difficulty that now as a reporter, when you go to a story, some uh, prominent figures, uh, 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 perhaps civil society organization leaders, political uh, 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 opponents. Then now, because SABC being a parastatal, they then now want to take it for granted that when they see a, a, a blue mic, and when you are covering this, uh, uh, let me say, Marikana, for example, surrounded by 8,000 mine workers, they take it for granted that you are going to, re- to pay lip service to certain individuals. And now they put your life at risk by uh, recklessly indicating that you, SABC, you are partisan, you know that you are biased and you will report against us, and that uh, in its own then causes tension among these 8,000 mine workers who are in front of you, which then puts your life at risk. Forgetting that as a journalist, having been trained, when you go to a story, the first thing that you do is that you want to be not an event-driven, but you want to be issue-driven. Therefore, you both have to want to expose the social political conditions, socio-economic conditions that these mine workers are exposed to. And they, then now, because uh, you work for, for the SABC, then they take it for granted they say that you are going to be partisan. Another, another example is that where you find that you go to uh, Bloomhof in uh, Lepatema municipality where there's violent protest and you end up you're not being put in danger after uh, 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 angry residents not understanding your role there, touch your vehicle. And I must say indeed the conditions that uh, news reporters are exposed to are harrowing uh, over and above this package that you hear being played with the different voices that you hear on radio. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Uh, Tepang, a wise man in Durban, good morning. Morning, morning, Sakina. Hi. And, and, and your crew. Uh, Sakina, um, what I'd like to say to the gentlemen and other ladies who are there on the field at SABC who are legitimately working and trying to put the real stories as they are, we know it's not easy, but what, what they can try is to try to group together and also lobby other journalists no, you know, to, to stop saying maybe we are from SABC or that particular uh, news house. All of them as journalists to recognize that they are the most important people in the society. We were liberated by media, Sakina, you know that. And we will still be liberated by media. As soon as the senior people are contaminating uh, or jeopardizing the work of legitimate workers, poor workers on, on the ground. They have to stand up. We know that they, they will be casualty, but they have to stand up and say, look, we understand that as leaders, you are politically uh, inclined, but we as journalists, we want to do our passion, and this is our stand. We know there will be casualties, but they, I think if they can take that direction and stand up as, as, as journalists as they were trained to be journalists and try to make sure that even though it's hard, but somehow, I don't know, but if they can just try to form different structures or maybe a new union, and unions that are not politically contaminated, because it also boils down to their unions. I've been part of the, the union that is representing them. I'm come from from communication sector, so we are represented by similar unions. If they can try to find other unions to stop this nonsense of saying, okay, 
uh, because this union is aligned to this particular party, will stick to them, even if they still shoving them into the wrong direction. They must stand up for themselves and say, look, we are journalists, and that's, what, that, that's the bottom line, to stay right. away from political contamination. Uh, we'll start to respect them. We'll still respect them. We know that not all of them are bad. No, we got it. Thank you so much, uh, Wiseman. And Dumiseni in KwaZulu-Natal, good morning. Good morning, Sakina, uh, your guests and the listeners. Thank you very much for taking my call. Firstly, let me join the rest of the callers who have saluted the good men and women who are working in the, as journalists for the good work that they are doing to inform our nation, to provide information that is necessary for our people to remain informed about development in society. And I, I also have seen many of them in our here in our province who have been part of many occasions, including the event of the African National Congress, and doing a sterling job in terms of uh, ensuring that the coverage they provide is, is, is divorced from a possibility of inserting their own opinions or inserting themselves into the story uh, instead of providing what is supposed to be an objective reality of the situation and i think we need to salute that because at times when we are not happy about the work of journalists it is easy to brush everybody i mean to paint everybody with one brush as though all of them are not doing their job in a manner that uh, is dignified and expected by our people the last point i want to make is that of course uh, there are few uh, in any profession of course there will be very few there will be some rotten apples who are not doing their work in a, in a manner that is defeating to the profession. And I'm sure that uh, those who are doing outstanding work as journalists should at all times endeavor to ensure that uh, they bring on board those of their colleagues who may be doing their work in a manner that is informed by either certain political motives or by whatever development in society that they are, they are part of it, and as a result of which they they get uh, persuaded in the course of doing their work. But I think there are many, 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 many men and women in SAPC that I think needs to be saluted for the outstanding work that they are doing. And I'm sure that uh, many of our people in the province do value the, the, the outstanding work that they do regularly. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, Kona says, uh, Sakina, given their challenges in the field, can the journalists comment on the previous uh, decree that violent protests were not allowed to be broadcast? And that question comes up a few times. Uh, this one uh, simply says, if your journalists are unwelcome, why do they then not go undercover? Jack in Alberton says, uh, please ask Lucas about Lichtenberg. And I think he touched on that. Uh, uh, he did speak about that. Um, and um, this one from Kathy. Kathy says, so it's not true that a journalist has never been attacked by a white person. Uh, so when and where did you see that happening here in South Africa? Uh, you are in denial. I'm not in denial, Kathy. These things happen all the time. Journalists are attacked by everybody, wherever they go. And I'm not saying this happens all the time, but when the attacks come, there's no telling where they come from. It's not peculiar uh, to one uh, racial group or another. Um, and, and you're asking where in South Africa? Uh, you missed last week? You missed Fentersdorp? Yes. Yeah, uh, we had to send uh, actually white reporters uh, because uh, black people were not uh, welcomed by the whites. So it does happen.
It does happen, Kathy. Uh, Hule says uh, journalists are targeted as crowds do not want them uh, to take images that could be used to identify and arrest members of the crowd. Um, this one says, Sakina, I believe the death of Andri Statane could have been averted um, if journalists had intervened since he was beaten up for a few minutes even before he got shot. The cameras were rolling and no intervention on the part of the journalists. Any comments? from your guests and that's always a very difficult one but let's get your comments look um horisani uh, you know sakina the problem is that uh, actually it's not all the time that you get attacked and it's not all the time that you save so yes. sometimes branding can save you some days branding will never save you like uh, our, our colleagues from an7 uh, last week they were turned away uh, in annadale they were told that they don't want gupta gupta media uh, but i was allowed to go in so it depends like for someone like me i use my cell phone only I get there in, with my hands in my pockets, and sometimes I'm safe. But the problem is, it's not just the community that attacks. Sometimes you get caught in the crossfire when the police are firing uh, rubber bullets. You're just in there, so you can be hit. Like uh, one of our colleagues from the Times was hit by a rubber bullet, actually, uh, in Eldorado Park. But uh, it's actually it's 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 not easy because some days you go and yes, as to one of the the, the, the comments made by our listeners that they, that people don't want their images taken off. There's a problem because sometimes. Sometimes you find that the police, uh, when they see these these visuals on TV, then they can identify them and go after them. And also now, because the people know that, sometimes they target our camera guys. Uh, last week, a colleague from the start told me that actually our SABC camera guy was targeted by some boy said They wanted to loot a shop, but we were there. And then they're like, can we hit this boy with a breakfast before we do it? So there's such things that happens. But sometimes we also get shot. Not that the police aimed at us, but because you're there, you, you do get shot. So on the issue of uh, dealing with trauma, I think it's uh, different strokes. Uh, uh, some, I, I had my colleague says uh, he, he uses prayer. I, I, I don't, I, and I don't do counseling. I don't believe in it. Mm. But, yeah. And, 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 and uh, just as a point of clarity on that, because someone else was saying, um, uh, uh, why do you ask whether that is enough? Uh, does that mean you don't believe that God is enough? That's not what I'm saying at all. It's like you saying you can see, you know, there's a war happening here and therefore pray and walk in. Um, I'm saying, no, you should be taking precautions uh, to still keep yourself safe along with the prayer. I keep. I keep telling my mom that. Sakina, they... Let me. Yeah, Hello? please. Uh, witness here. Let me weigh in here, uh, Sakina. Mm-hmm. Just to thank our listeners here, it's an indication that uh, our hard work uh, does not go unnoticed by some of our listeners here. Looking at the contributions or input they've made here, yeah. clearly uh, they are giving us um, in their hearts whenever they are listening to SAFM and other SABC radio stations. Let me indicate that it's not always uh, easy to cover stories and go there undercover because you, you don't need uh, faceless voices. You need people to understand who you were talking to. You need people to understand the newsmakers. They don't have the other issue of saying that uh, at times as the reporters were not, um, we mainly focus on violence. We don't do that. We give a background or what led to the violence to erupt at a particular area and give all the stakeholders a right uh, to, to respond to, to such allegations or um, problems in a particular area. Lastly, on a very lighter note, Sakina, you must tell Orisan when he goes home to Malamlele, must bring a plastic bag full of uh, condoms in the Lipopo. a lot of violence. <laughs> <laughs> they are free in your clinic, man. <laughs> and uh, Lucas? 
Um, but, you know, maybe touch, just to briefly touch on this one, um, because we are here in Masiking, normally we go to Botswana, where we understand that there's a lot of um, rules that are in section, I mean, section 59 of the country's constitution, your tradition act, your media practitioners act, where a lot of journalists, maybe if I touch on that, a lot of journalists have been arrested, uh, even charged in Botswana. So many times when you try to do stories there, um, we always think about possible arrest because there's a lot of things that um, when you go to that country, which is about 40 kilometers where, where, I'm, at, where I'm at now, we always think about that. So sometimes we don't only get this standoff from the community, even the authorities. I'm talking about people that are even in the ruling party where they will tell you um, how to do a story or, or in the, the opposition normally. They'll tell you who engaged this particular individual, uh, a lot of airtime, and this other particular individual. Just a bit of it's, it's, it's very difficult, like you know, and especially now that we go into the elective conference, you will see how difficult uh, being a journalist is. Well, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. And to everybody else who's out there, you know, um, bringing us these stories. And thanks to the listeners who have also sent their messages of appreciation for the work that you do.